Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Five minutes from now, this team will save thousands of lives. Under no circumstances does this briefcase leave the area or it's war. He's on his way. Good or bad, when you work for the agency, all teams in position, it becomes your whole life. job, Ethan. We need you. I just want to spend a little more time with my daughter and my wife. Why did you leave me and Mom? There's no easy answer. I was going to ask you to look after Zoe while I go to London for work. I can handle it. You have to make me a promise. Are you done? Are you really done working for them? What's happening to me? You're sick, Ethan. But I could offer you an experimental drug that might just give you your life back. I buy back my life by killing for you. That's the job. You have three days to kill. You know, a lot of my friends' dads are in sales. And not one of them dresses like you. Zoe? I want to make dinner tonight, and I want to make spaghetti sauce, so I need your help. Just so happens I'm in a meeting here with a real-life Italian who wants to give you a great recipe. Why don't you say hello to my daughter? Hello. I am a Guido. No, but I am sure that if you don't try this drug, you'll be dead in three days. You said there'd be one guy. Not five. But you might want to ride home. Did you hear that? The spares loose in the trunk. Trying to have a conversation with my daughter. I'm sorry, sweetie. Now, where were we? Hi, this is Nick Mason from Pink Floyd, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. There's a really big shoe tonight. A really big show tonight. Yes, sir, we've really got a spectacle for you this time.
Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our past shows, don't forget to visit Nostalgic Radio and Cars, our podcast page. Anyway, good evening there, Tommy. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Robert. Yourself? Oh, okay. It's a little kind of getting into that summer funky funk weather we got now, didn't it? It is a little funky today. Yeah, it was funky. What's the word I'm thinking of? Oh, humidity. That's right. Yeah. See, in the 70s, we call that funk. Now, today, we just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's humid. Hey, welcome to Florida. But at any rate, yeah, speaking of Florida, you know, it's funny because you always hear me ragging on it. And uh, I'm just now, just now, after being here since 1971, starting to get a little on the warm and fuzzy side. I don't know. I just kind of, I guess I've been traveling a little bit and I've been talking about getting the heck out of Pinellas County for so long that, uh, I don't know, as I drive around a little bit, uh, you know, Pinellas County's not so bad. We had uh, my friend uh, Kevin Breslauer on last week. He was... Uh, He's a director of communications for Sebring International Raceway. He's also a, an author. He's written a number of books, and a couple of them was uh, about racing and stuff. But one of them was on uh, roadside attractions in Florida, Florida roadside attractions before Disney, or something to that effect. And you know me, I'm bad with names. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't even remember my own name sometimes. But at any rate, so I started. I had to go to St. Petersburg yesterday, and I was uh, had to run downtown and pick up some information on a on a total loss that I'm writing for. Don't forget, if you need a total loss report, diminished value report, or an appraisal, be sure and give us a call here. Uh, visit GolfstreamMotorsports.com because I will definitely do that for you. I've got uh, a number of cars that I'm doing right now. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a collection of Ferraris, late model Ferraris, too, here. So uh, it seems kind of weird. So I get everything from uh, you know a simple little BMW X3 to a, uh, a McLaren Senna and uh, a Ferrari uh, 488 Pista. So, well, what a cross-section of cars. And then your basic... Uh, Chevy truck too, so and Ford Raptor, so it just uh, it runs the gamut. But at any rate, but while I was downtown St. Petersburg, I was uh, kind of wandering around. It's really got kind of a nice, kind of a big town slash small town kind of a nostalgic flair to it, and it's very very nice there in downtown St. Petersburg. It's uh, pretty cool. It it kind of is it's a throwback, so it looks really really cool, and they're doing a great job down there. So if you get a chance to go down, uh, I think they have a first Friday or a last Friday or something. like they got some sort of a Friday going on down there, just like we have a blast Friday up here. And I think Dunedin has one and Safety Harbor has one. Just about every little village or town has a something-something Friday. Uh, let me go right into FloridaCarshows.com, FLACarshows.com Minute. Well, this weekend, the big event is the Gasparilla Concourse, which is... Concourse d'Elegance, which is taking place in downtown Tampa, Cursixon Park. And Tampa is kind of coming along pretty nice. I haven't been to Tampa. I don't go to Tampa too much. But Tampa kind of reminds me more and more of Orlando. Orlando, you know, you've got Orange Avenue and Church Street and all that kind of stuff. And it's all kind of like right there in downtown where Dr. Phillips is and around the park and everything. And that's kind of cool. And Tampa has that kind of potential there. Now, Ybor City's got a little different thing going on. And then you got got uh, whatever they call it uh, over at the waterfront there a little bit. What's that area called? Channel Side? Is that what they call that? Yeah, Channel Side. Um, and then, uh, and of course, you can stop by the Amala Arena. And of course, we had the guys from Amala Oil on here not too long ago. But at any rate, uh, St. Petersburg is kind of cool, you know. Um, I really wish that we would have kept Clearwater kind of old and nostalgic. But, you know, maybe with a little bit of luck, this new project that they're building in downtown Clearwater might bring some new life to 
to the downtown area. Largo, well, unfortunately, Largo's kind of cool, but they kind of got a main road running through there, so nah, no place to stop and park. But there is a car show coming up here not too, long, uh, not too far in the distant future, and I think it's um, the Largo uh, Central Park is doing a show, I think, in the fall, sometime around October November, so I'll keep you posted on that. But anyway, so we have the Gasparilla Concourse Elegance coming up. Uh, Bear Jackson's this weekend in West Palm Beach, if you can make it to that. And then next week, on April 17th, it's the 55th anniversary of the Ford Mustang. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a big Ford guy, and you know me. I'm, I've owned many, many Mustangs. In fact, I used to, at one point, had Nostalgic Auto, which was the largest Mustang salvage yard in the southeast. But that was before the days of the computer, so before the Internet. So I used to have a whole bunch of cars laying around, as many as probably five, 600 cars, 800 cars at one time. They were all Mustangs and Fords. Wow. Yeah, seriously. And uh, so, but I could buy them off the streets. I mean, they were everywhere back then. I mean, they were really, you talk about a dime a dozen, they were a dime a dozen. I could get them everywhere. And then slowly the reproduction parts started phasing their way in, and more and more, and pretty soon, like today, now you can build a whole Mustang out of a box. Last night, and uh, this is kind of like a kudos to my friends over here at Suncoast Mustang Club, they uh, have a meeting the first Monday of... Every month is a Mustang gathering at Biff Burgers down in St. Pete. The second Monday of every month, I believe, the Mustang, Suncoast Mustang Car Club meets at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. So last night I went there as a guest speaker to talk a little bit about Gulfstream Motorsports, to talk about appraisals, to talk about uh, diminished values and pre-purchase inspections. So I kind of was like a, I gave a little presentation there. I think I did okay. I kind of crash landed a little bit but i walked away with some bruises and cuts because you know it's not like i'm sitting on the radio here and i can make my notes and i can just be kind of casual you're standing up there in front of a crowd and you really do have people staring at you you know so you get a little eh, nervous maybe here i just got tommy staring at me tommy can make uh, i fake. read the reviews they were all positive <laughs> they were all positive see now that's what i i have i like just what i like about tommy i get good moral support from tommy thank you tommy and um so at any rate, uh, so that was okay. But anyway, so next week on the 17th, a whole bunch of Mustang guys are going up to Ford's Garage at Countryside, and they're gathering. So bring your Mustang, and we're going to have a dinner there, a dinner gathering, whatever. But if you have extra time on your hands and you want to drive to Charlotte, North Carolina, it is also the grand opening of the Ford Mustang I shouldn't say Ford, but I'm going to say Mustang Museum in Concord, North Carolina, which is right around the corner from the racetrack. So Charlotte Motor Speedway, they got the big uh, car show swap me thingy going on there this weekend. And it is the grand opening of the to celebrate and to commemorate the 55th anniversary of the Ford Mustang. And, you know, i got to say this in all honesty. Yeah, there's Chevrolets, and yeah, there's Mopars, and yeah, there's Porsches, and yeah, there's Jags and Heelys, and all kinds of cool cars out there, MGs, everything, Triumphs. A lot of really, really neat cars. And everybody... Can like any and every and all cars. There's nothing wrong with that. But I got to tell you, just from a car collector standpoint, from going to all these events, from going to all these car shows, talking to dealers, other vendors, the Ford Mustang is the one car on the planet that anybody, anywhere, if you took the car and you dropped it from outer space and it landed on the top of the Himalayas or somewhere down in South America in the top of the Andes, they would know that that's a Ford Mustang. There's no question about that. There's no mistaking that car. It is still the best 
bang for the buck. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a Ford guy. I'm saying that because that's the reality of it. You can do it's and and I know there's a lot of them out there. So some people want something a little bit different. Just like you know, I like vanilla, but some people like chocolate. Some people like strawberry. And to me, a Mustang is very vanilla, but I like the Mustang. It's a very practical, functional car. If you want a classic and have something cool, and no matter where you go, everybody goes, hey, thumbs up, Mustang, it's cool. If you got a little bit more money, you buy a Camaro. If you got a lot more money, you buy a Corvette. If you got a really lot of money, you buy yourself something a little bit more exotic, something European. And I'm sure there's just some listeners out there that are going to call in. So if you do want to call in for a minute or two, give us a call here at 727-441-3000. May I ask you a question? Sure, absolutely. So 64 was the first year of Mustang? 64 and a half is what they officially call it. It was introduced April 17th, 1964. So they technically it's a 65 car. Uh. But, and it's titled, I believe, as a 65 car. But... Because there's funny little nuances, they, and there's little trim differences and little things that make it unique to a 64 and a half car prior to September production cars. So therefore, it's a 64 and a half. It's, was there just one model released? There was, a, believe it or not, it was coupes. No, there was uh, 64 and a half coupes and convertibles, and I don't believe the the fastbacks came out until 65. So a 65 fastbacks actually is an officially a 65 car, but in 64 you could get a convertible and uh, maybe I might be wrong on it. Maybe it could be I'm, I'm kind of confusing it with uh, K codes because I think you can get a 289 high performance. But I don't know if you can get that in 64 and a half. I know you can get that in 65 for sure. So maybe you had all three models in 64 and a half, but the hypo didn't come out until 65. And, and when, when I, it rolled off the line, what was the price? <laughs> it was under three thousand dollars. I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And what's amazing is this is the interesting thing. Although the official re- release was, this is what I read, and this is kind of what I kind of recall. Although the official release was April 17th, 1964, apparently a lady, and I believe she still has the car, walked into a dealership on the 16th, and the salesman, new guy, didn't really know right from wrong or good or bad or whether he could or not, apparently sold her a car on the 16th. So I think there's a debate of when the first one was actually sold. But the official release by Ford Motor Company, I believe, and I'm going to say I believe, I have to say that, I just put a disclaimer in there, was uh, April 17th, 2000, uh, 2000, uh, 1964. So, and I've had some 64 and a half cars. I, I got a 65 convertible right now that I'm trying to sell if anybody wants to buy it. It's a project car. Factory four-speed, factory California, San Jose built car, factory four-barrel. Uh, convertible, manual top, manual steering. So that's kind of rare. You know, the thing about the thing that determines kind of cars and value is kind of quirky because some people, you know, it's all about bragging rights. So you look for the little unique nuances, you know, little things that make your car a little bit different than somebody else and anything that has to do with limited run, limited production. So, you know, I mean, most people want a power top. Mine had a manual top. Okay, so no big deal. You know, it's no big deal. Back in those days, I think it was like a 35 or $40 option to get power top assembly for a, or power top um, for a Mustang. But at any rate, so right now the way it sits is it's radio delete, uh, manual steering, manual brakes, manual top, four speed, and a 289 four barrel, which is kind of a unique car. It's a nice setup. And uh, so that'd be a good project car for somebody. And, you know, a nice, a nicely done Mustang is probably pulling, you know, twenty-five to 35000 
depending on what it has for options. I mean, a two-barrel car, probably a little bit less. A six-cylinder car, probably a little bit less. But, you know, a good number on a, on a Mustang convertible, a nice-looking one, is probably 30 to 35. And you start throwing in some K-codes and some big motor stuff or some uh, a GT option or something like that, it starts creeping up pretty quick. K-codes, obviously, are pulling 780, even 100,000 at one point in time. But at any rate, I think we're going to fire up the stereo there. You got something that you're going to drop the needle in the groove. And we're going to talk, uh, oh, we're going to play a little J.J. Cal. A little bluesy music here. A little rock and blues. So, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Green Cars. Fire that stereo up there, Tom. We let her eat. Cajun moon, what does your power lie? As you move across the southern sky. You took my bane way too soon. What have you done? Cajun moon. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Time flies when you are having fun. Now, uh, that sound effect right there was a Ferrari. Uh, Hopefully, Alan's listening tonight. But anyway, over the weekend, uh, this is what I did. I was invited to go down to the Ferrari Challenge at Sebring. And uh, I was pretty impressed. There was a whole bunch of Ferraris down there, mostly newer ones. There wasn't any vintage stuff out there. And, of course, uh, that's okay. They were basically what they would call... 
Ferrari spec racers. They're 488, uh, I'll just say GTB cars, which is GT slash B for Berlinetta, Grand Touring Berlinettas. They're basically stock cars. The only thing that's different on them is the, uh, the bodywork a little bit. They've got a couple extra spoilers and a couple extra scoops and some holes in the hood to funnel air to the intercoolers and the radiators and stuff like that. But for the most part, they're, they're stock prepared cars. And I am in the process of appraising a 488 challenge car. That's what they call it. And the series started back in the 90s. And it started with the um, um, 355 Ferraris, I believe it was. And, uh, and then they came out with the 430s. And then they came out with the 458 uh, Ferrari. So it's kind of like an evolution of cars. And what Ferrari did is they basically put together a series. And how it started was is a couple of Ferrari guys wanted to go on the track and kind of compete with each other. Now, we have club racing and i started out doing that which is kind of autocrossing and stuff with the uh shelby club back in the in the 70s so the club racing has been going on for a long time now it's not scca it's not sanctioned races it's just basically club events but you do rent and drive on um recognized tracks so it could be sebring could be road atlanta could be laguna seca could be sears point could be elkhart lake watkins Glen, and so on and uh, so anyway, so this was the Ferrari Challenge, and this has become a series now, and it's actually sponsored. The, pre- the predominant sponsor is Pirelli, as in Pirelli Tires. And uh, so they had about 50 cars show up there, and they break it up in two classes, a professional class for pro drivers and then amateur class for beginners. Now, think about that for a second. You got a $350,000 car, and you're a beginner. You got a big checkbook, I guess. And you're turned loose on a professional race course, and you're out there. And, but like I said, they break you up with two different classes. Now, in SCCA, when we started and we had to get a license, you actually put what they call rookie stripes on the back of your car. So you knew you are running up against a, a rookie. But they don't do that there. So uh, they just split them up in two little groups. But uh, it was pretty interesting, uh, very professionally done. It was professionally catered. I mean, it was first class all the way. So uh, I truly enjoyed that. Um, I was very much impressed with the way the Ferrari Club runs their things. And you know what? A lot of those Ferrari guys, even though they had tons and tons of money, they were pretty nice people. They really were. I mean, they really are all about the cars. And the racing was about as serious as you can get. And uh, I had the opportunity to meet Cooper uh, McNeil. And I'm sure you're familiar with the name Weathercheck. Well, that, he's the son. And I met his father, David McNeil, while I was down there. And uh, uh, Cooper won his class, obviously, and he was running in pro because he not only does he run the uh, challenge, but he also runs the GT3 car that they run in uh, IMSA racing. But anyway, I think what we're going to do is we're going to throw on uh, another uh, 45 on the record player, and we're going to get ready to get our guests on here in a few minutes. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the upcoming events that are going to be going on this weekend. So in the meantime, everybody stay safe. No, no, no. That's not until later. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. <laughs> Tune into the stuff you're reading cards.
In Mongolia, when a dog dies, he is buried high in the hills so people cannot walk in his grave. The dog's master whispers into the dog's ear his wishes that the dog will return as a man in his next life. Before he is reincarnated as a man, the dog's soul is free to travel the land, to run across the high desert plains for as long as it would like. I learned that from a program on the National Geographic Channel, so I believe it is true. Not all dogs return as men, only those who are ready. I am ready. I have learned so much from Denny. I have learned the principles of being a good race car driver. Balance, anticipation, patience. These are very important lessons and will lead to success in life as well as on the racetrack. Denny is a true champion, though other people may not see it because Denny has responsibilities. He has his daughter Zoe and his wife Eve. And he has me. This is what I love. I love to run in the wet grass, keeping my snout low to the ground so the sparkles of water cover my face. I love to run and smell all the smells, all the life. When I return to this world, I will be a man. I will walk among you. I will shake hands with other men, grasping firmly with my opposable thumbs. And when I see a man or a woman or a child in trouble, I will offer my hand to him, to her, to you, to the world. I will be a good citizen, a good partner in the endeavor of life that we all share. My name is Enzo. And this is my story. Concord Delegates, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Uh, as you heard me mention earlier, we have the first annual Gasparilla Concourse Delegance taking place this weekend in downtown Tampa at Curtis Hickson Park, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the co-directors of that special event, Joe Ann and Brando Pistorius. How are you guys doing? We're wonderful, thank you. Doing great, Robert, thank you. Well, this is exciting. You guys have put a lot of effort into this, and I think it's, what, been almost two years since uh, this whole thing came to kind of fruition a little bit, or the concept create, uh, originated. So take us through the process. Tell us about uh, the spectacular event taking place this weekend. Well, the, the creation of it two years ago, ironically, was as we were driving back from Amelia Island. Brando and I go there every year. Sometimes we participate. Sometimes we just attend. And... Uh, just just as we came back from there, we said Tampa Bay Area needs this. So immediately we went into motion to see what we had to do to make it a, 
a good foundation, and uh, we created the Gasparilla Concord d'Elegance Incorporated, and it's a 501c3, so that we knew that we had to find a charity that we could uh, identify who would best benefit from our efforts and just gather a bunch of people together who love their community and love their cars and love the charity that we work with. Any uh, Take us through the process as far as, like, uh, tell us about some of the special events that are going to take place this weekend, too, because it's over there in Tampa, and you've got more than one thing going on besides the Gasparilla, the, the concourse itself. Well, it's a three-day event. starts on Friday, 6 to 9 p.m. is the auction and cocktail party right in Curtis Hickson Park, so we'll be outside in beautiful weather and having a great time. And we have actually quite a lot of interesting experiences and items. And we top off that auction with a 1956 Jaguar XK M140 that we will be uh, auctioning off for the charity. And then Saturday is the main event. uh, Curtis Hickson Park, we open the gates at 9.30. 10 o'clock, we have opening ceremonies. We will have uh, Ketchy, who is an America's Got Talent finalist, sing the national anthem. And she is uh, uh, an alumnus of Shriners, so we thought that was a real special tie. And uh, we have the Vintage Plains of Sun and Fun in Lakeland coming over to do our flyover. And we have the Rough Riders doing our color guard. And they bring in our honorary chief judge, is, uh, Sheriff Chad Cronister, and our grand marshal is Ford Heacock. Wow. I think a lot of people, Yeah. Well, now, I mean, really, you know, when you stop and think about this, this is the first time out of the gate that you're doing this event. You're doing it on a very professional level. And now, you know, when you mentioned even a flyover, I mean, that's something you see at uh, very few events. I mean, Amelia Island does it almost every year or does it every year. So I, I'm quite impressed. That's uh, that's like a lot. That's almost textbook. Oh, well, thank you. Well, so, that's why we decided to do it uh, to take two years. To, to get here because, uh, you know, this was in, impossible to do in one year's time. And um, and still, two years is almost not enough. So it should have been three years. But now we're working double time to get it right. <laughs> okay, Sunday. We forgot Sunday. What's going on Sunday now? Uh, Sunday morning we will gather again at Curtis Hickson Park at the, uh, they call it Gasparilla Plaza, is the uh, drive-through between the um, garage and the two museums. And we will start uh, muster there and start a lovely tour of historic Tampa. And Tampa is a beautiful place. We go through downtown Tampa, through Davis Island, down the Bay Shore, uh, South Tampa area, come back up and end up at Ybor City at the 1904 established Columbia Restaurant in Ybor City. So we're trying to show people Tampa as it was in the past and how it has grown in the future now. Interesting. Um, now, is that something that is, is that comparable to what uh, they do at Amelia Island and, and in Palm, Pebble Beach? They call it the Tour de Ele, Tour, uh, was it Tour de Elegance, I think that's what they call it. And uh, so, yeah, it, something that, uh, Robert, no, this is more a, a relaxed uh, atmosphere. Okay. Um, you don't have to have a classic car to participate in this, and it's more like uh, let's just go and enjoy yourself. So it's an after effect, and it's sort of the last thing to do for the weekend, and then on the on the informal basis. We stop and have a decent uh, uh, lunch, and then we say goodbye and go home. Okay, so that means I can show up with my little MGB and follow you guys. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so everyone is welcome. Um, the, you know, the tickets are online at our website, but uh, you can certainly come with a modern car or a classic car, and it just just for fun. 
Okay. Now tell us about some of the classes that you're going to have at the concourse, and how many cars roughly are you going to have this year, the first time out? Okay, um, sure. Um, well, let me start first to, to say this, that we had uh, close to 180 entries of people who wanted to enter and be on the show. And, uh, and the field does not accommodate that amount of, of, of cars. So we had to scale it down. So at the moment, we have 107 cars that we can actually have on the field. We have 14 motorcycles. We have three fire trucks that's going to be there. And then we have also other displays of, of different vehicles um, of, of interest. So um, a lot of people were, you know, sort of thought that, you know, why was I not, you know, um, actually accepted? It's not a question of acceptance. It was a question of what do we want for this year for our show and uh, what will fit um, in, in a box. So now, now we have that. Next year we'll change and do something different. Is there a... So coming, is... coming, coming back to classes, mm -hmm. we have from 1906 Model N, Ford Model N, to, to give you an idea, to 1973 BMW 3 um, um, SX Coupe. Okay. Um, the... Uh... The cars, like at some at some events, they have let's say like a feature or a theme car. Do you have like a theme car or a feature car that you will, let's say, feature this year, and then every year following, you'll come up with something? Yes, I, I, this year we have one car that we, we wanted to feature for two reasons. One, um, it is a 1919 model, and that's how uh, how we found the car in the first place. We were looking for something that is 100 years old. Okay, and so this car came on the radar. And that was the uh, President Woodruff Wilson's private car, which is a 1919 PS Arrow. So oh. That will be a, that's our future car for the, for the year. Okay. And as far as the cars and the classes, how many cars do you say would you have in each class? It average, uh, I would say, between about uh, 8 to, to 10. Okay. Somewhere there. And then some is a little less and some is more. I'd like to interject on that. You know, one of the things we really wanted to do when we decided on how we were going to do this is to bring in mentors from other concourses to make sure that we had something that was showing quality. So the difference is, and we, we love car shows. We go to car shows all year long. But the difference with a car show and a concourse isn't about quantity. It's about the quality, and it's about the adherence to what a concourse is designed to be. It's supposed to be about cars that are rare, historically important, and most importantly, original. So it's a wonderful thing to have hot rods and other cars that maybe rest of mods. There's nothing wrong with that. There's some fantastic exotics out there. But this is about historic cars that are kept original and are historically important. So one of the, um, our mentors, Paul Inario from the Hilton Head Concourse and Greenbark Concourse, he said, you know, having a car show, a show is wonderful with quantity. But when you have a concourse, you want your quality to be remain as a succinct amount. So we really said, let's limit this thing to 100 cars of real exceptional um, historic importance. So one of the reasons we had this beautiful venue, Curtis Hickson Park, we knew it wasn't a golf course like most concourses where you, you'll see cars all spread out. We love the compactness of it. We, we intend to have in our coming years just a higher game of quality so that we bring to the area cars no one has ever seen on display before. And 
I think that's one of the things Brando and I have really worked on the most is to get collectors that we know personally who never show their cars to ask them to just display them so the public will have a chance to enjoy them. To your point, um, in a few years back uh, out in Scottsdale, during the uh, Collective Car Week, the, uh, there was a group called the Arizona Concourse, and they put together a concourse event at the Arizona Biltmore. And that show was basically along the lines of what you're talking. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Amelia Island. I think it's probably the best show on the planet. I love going to Pebble Beach. But you do have a lot of people there and a lot of cars there, okay? And the cars is what draws everybody. And there's this, you know, there's this camaraderie. There's this uh, fundamental, you know, passion that we all have. But the thing that I thought was very interesting about the Arizona concourse, it was in the courtyard area of the Arizona Biltmore, which was Lloyd Wright designed, by the way. And it limited it to 90 cars. They usually have between 80 and 90. They did it for about three years, but it was a very intimate setting. They actually limited the amount of people that could actually go to. It was limited to 3,000 people. And uh, so it was very, very... You really got to truly experience the cars. And just to your point again, you know, the idea behind a concourse is this is not necessarily just a car show. This is an event where you have some historically significant cars that cars that actually made an impact in the in the whole industry, you know, decade after decade after decade. And these are cars that you don't typically see every day. These are cars that are very rare, very unique, restored to the highest standards. So, you know, I, I definitely appreciate what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. And I think you're on the right track to keep it to that at that level. You know, 7,500 cars, that's still a lot of cars, you know. And if you maintain the quality of the cars and the level of the cars, you'll be very, very successful down the road. So I wish you guys all the best, best of luck. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Um, we, 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 we thought you know, this is something different, but it's got the, the, uh, the mystique of, of uh, being in the future as being being on the river across from Tampa University, which is all you know great landmarks that uh, I think people will recognize down the road that this is going to be something to be reckoned with. Also, you know, we are, because we know so many people over the years, that we have gathered now a lot of people who uh, is going to meet their own friends, which they see on different places at Tampa, and decide just to see the friend. They make up an effort to be here. So we're creating uh, camaraderie between uh, people. Normally, why would they come to Tampa? Well, now they have a good reason. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this, too. Brenda, you, uh, you personally restore cars and and your wife's involved in your business as well so tell us a little bit about your background because this is not just you know you just didn't create this thing because hey i like cars you eat sleep and drink you are truly both of you very passionate about cars and you're in the industry and you've been doing it for quite some time in fact tell us that uh, brando you're from south africa so i'm really interested to hear and i'm sure my listeners would be too tell us a little bit about how the because uh, you were involved in cars in south africa as well very true. Um, well, let's start from the beginning. I was six years old. <laughs> okay. And um, so, uh, you know, those days we started newspapers. <laughs> and uh, so in a newspaper, uh, there was this beautiful old 19, I would say, 36 or 37 Packard for sale. And um, and I thought myself, what a fantastic car as a six-year-old. And trying to explain that to my parents was, was actually like they didn't understand why do I have this loving but nobody told me that I just born well like this. So from there onwards, you know, all cars is my blood. And so when I was 15 years old, I bought my first car, 
which was a 1939 Chevy. And by 21, I restored my first car, which was a 1916 Austin Healey. And so from the onwards, my whole life, I had cars in my life. Um, except for when we got married with, uh, and then had children, no money anymore, so cars had to wait. But the, the car hobby in South Africa is absolutely great. And there are many uh, car clubs in, in South Africa, as a matter of fact. I started one when I moved to one city. I realized there's not a car club um, that, uh, that cater for all cars. So I started a club to, to have something. And that club is still going today. Lowfield Old Wheels, it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, so from there onwards, um, I organized for two years in a row the biggest car show in South Africa. And uh, today, we talk about quantity. And today they uh, they have 2,500 that comes in the first Sunday of August every year. And uh, so people say, um, you know, is there any car, old cars in South Africa? So 100% true. And um, the, the variety of cars there is quite unique because they have European influence. They have obviously the American influence. A lot of car manufacturers actually made their own cars there. Ford, Chevy, Packard. Baker and their own factories in South Africa, and they still have, including, obviously, the, the Japanese influence, um, which is Toyota and all those. So it's a strong movement, and uh, and people are just like us on this side. You can walk over there, and you'll feel it own. So when I came to this country, I started out being a broker in real estate, thinking that's going to be my career for the rest of my life. And um, I did very well. Joanna was in the business there as well. And uh, we sold investment properties to, to people over the phone, most of them. Um, but as you know, the Florida had a, had a good uh, dive in real estate. And that's the time we decided to go into to real, uh, into um, old cars, buying, restoring, etc. And we, ever, since, ever since, we're still busy doing that. So um, business is good for us. We started out just the two of us. And uh, today we have five employees. Um, excluding Joanne and I. And, um, you know, we have a variety of cars that comes our way because I know that, uh, that they get uh, a detailed service from my, from my side as well as the knowledge that I have since six years old. And uh, so that helps, you know, when you come to all cars. Obviously, if a car comes in with a, with a car with a computer, I can't help him. <laughs> What is your uh, and I know you like um, Peerlesses, and I think you're obviously a Packard fan. So those are are those the two cars that, that both of you really kind of like go after? Because I I think you have a small collection of cars of your own, correct? Well, we have a we have a you know, our cars comes and goes. Um, okay. So it's not like we have cars we keep all the time. Um, at the, at the moment, you know, the business is important to us to, to keep that and grow that and, and make it successful so you know, that we obviously can enjoy life uh, afterwards. Um, talking about cars that we like, well, you know, I, I, was, I, I think if you look at what is quality and what is art, and you put those together, then, then that's what we like to see. And, and art in my, in my line is more like in the, the, the 20s, the teens, 20s and 30s. We love brass cars. Um, we had several ourselves. Um, I like the driving of, of, an, of a brass car. That is just such a joy. And, um, and then, doesn't matter what car you have, 
you go down the street and you see how people smile when you go by. And Robert, I, I, I know you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Um, you can come with your brand new Aston Martin and it will not have the same influence as you come down with your Model A. That's true. That's absolutely true. You get the smiles and the thumbs up with the vintage cars. Yes. One thing I noticed in your uh, on the website, and I want you to elaborate on this a little bit too, is is tell. Uh, I'm going to go into this first. On your website, never mind the regular fees, whatever costs it. But the thing that I thought was real interesting is, if I read it correctly, it says children under or people, kids, adults, young adults, whatever, under 16 are free. Now. Let me tell you my take. Did I read that right? Yes. Okay, let me tell you my take on that. And and this just just me, okay, being a car guy. I was actually very impressed with that. Typically you see under 10, under 12. But I think where I'm go- where you're going with this and if I read into this right, 16-year-old kids can drive cars. If 16-year-old kids can get in for free, maybe we, the older generation, can get these younger kids interested and influence them and expose them to our older classic cars. Is that kind of like the thought process right there? That was exactly the thought process. Because, uh, you know, in a lot of families, you know, also, parents can't afford to having, a, if they have a big family, to pay $20 or whatever the fee is per person and to bring our family in. So we want to make sure that if the kids can come in and, and enjoy and get a love for what you and I have for the same hobby. Um, you know, that way it just makes it easier on the parents or grandparents to say, let's go and have a joy, a joy today and let's show you something different. Well, I think that was a very good play. That was very, very smart. So go ahead and tell us the process. So if people want to get to the show and, and participate, how do they go about doing it? They can go online or they can show up. Tell us about the costs and everything and the parking and, and the total arrangements. Well, um, it is in downtown Tampa and... For people who haven't been there in a while, it really has become a beautiful place. And with our historic river walk, there's so many places you can go once you park your car. You can walk the river and go to restaurants and see so much. So I really just fell in love with the venue. So if you want to come, you want to uh, probably your first and easiest uh, place to park is Poe Garage, which is right next to it. But there's plenty of parking on streets and lots all around it. And so you come in. You have, we have our Ashley Street entrance and a river uh, entrance. So we have two entrances, and we hope to not have too many lines waiting. And just uh, it's $25 adult, free, 16 and under. And um, on Friday, you, just, you can come up. If you haven't already bought your tickets online, you can just buy them at the gate. Um, same thing with Saturday. Uh, it's actually cheaper on Friday. It's $15 a night. Saturday is 25 and then Sunday's tour is um, 15 for the tour, and then uh, I think it's 50, an additional 25 or 35 for the lunch at Columbia. So oh. you just go online and buy the tickets, or you just buy them at the gate at this point. Okay, very good. Now let me ask you this. I have seen you guys at Amelia, and I've seen you guys at the Mirror Lake Classic. And generally, if you're there with a, let's say, a pre-war car of that era, brass era car, you are generally and most often dressed in period. Are you going to be doing that this week and as well? Well, Brandon and I particularly will not be, but we will be having a vintage fashion show. Okay. Um, and we did get that idea from the Lake Mirror Classic. We just loved participating in that. Um, and so that we wanted to encourage others to do it. So we have a great gal who is... Um, taken over the uh, vintage fashion show work for us and i think you'll enjoy seeing 
what we have involved for that. We'll have a lot of little interesting things going on at the red carpet show area. So, yeah, that'll be there. We, but Brando and I, we won't be able to sit still that long. It's, it's going to be huh. a pretty busy weekend for us. Okay. Uh, just to uh, add to that, Robert, uh, we also um, put a in a judging uh, that will be a plus point if you you will get extra points if you are just empirically correct to motivate people to come in in the, in that you know uniforms versus just being normal regular dress. So um, all things to make the show look better and outstanding. No, I think it's a great idea, and I think uh, it, it, by dressing in period and, you know, with the cars, for example, I think that gives people kind of like a, a sense of what it was like and what uh, people were, you know, their, the, 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 the atmosphere of, of back in the day. So I think that's a good idea. I think that's uh, very commendable. What other, uh, is, there, is there going to be any kind of entertainment by any chance? Yes, well, um, as I mentioned before with Petsy, who um, was, had a very interesting story herself, she has a lovely, beautiful voice, and uh, she was in a plane crash where she was the only sur- two of survivors of 127 uh, did not make it. So she had quite the interesting story that she could never get her career going. And um, uh, as a burn victim who was helped by Shriners, she um, will be performing for us on Saturday on another set. We have another gal named Allie McManus who is a singer-songwriter and also in a wheelchair from and a Shriners alumnus. She has an interesting song. She has a whole album, really, called Unbreakable. But she has a song where she took a take on um, Walk This Way with Steven Tyler. And so she did her song, Roll This Way. And in her YouTube video, she has Steven Tyler rolling her around on in her wheelchair and driving her in some classic cars. So she'll be performing for us, and she has a beautiful voice. And we have um, another gal who does steel drums. And we'll have um, other folks with the background music, and there will be a lot going on. We've got the Harley Davidson folks out there. With they have the Jump Start, which is uh, you get a chance to ride an actual Harley Davidson, where it's a uh, stagnant, but you feel like you're riding it. And they're bringing the Harley Davidson girls, so that'll be fun. A lot of excitement and energy. So it isn't quite as um, low key and state as most concourses. We're trying to keep the energy up so that we can make sure that we get the, the youth involved and, and people really interested in having fun. And we also have a uh, one of our very well-known uh, sculptures um, is going to be uh, displaying a, a huge sculpture, and I'm not going to say what it is. People have to come and look and see what it, what it looks like, but I guarantee you, you're going to say wow when you see this. Yeah, we have a few artists that I think people will be impressed with. Super, super, super. Great. Well, we're up against the clock, so uh, Joanne and Brando, why don't you one more time tell everybody how they can find out about it, tell about your website, and then uh, we'll see you there this weekend. So go yes, ahead. please visit www.gasparillaconcourse.com, and uh, we hope that you buy tickets because everything we do proceeds go to the Shriners Hospital for Children. That's a definitely a worthy cause, and uh, you have two uh, celebrities that will be there that are actually beneficiaries of, uh, of the Shriners, so that's excellent as well. It makes a big difference in a lot of lives. Yes. All right, well, Brando and uh, Joanne, I want to thank you guys very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio and Cars and spending some time with us and tell us about your amazing event here, the Gasparilla Concourse d'Elegance, this weekend in downtown Tampa at the Curtis Sixon Park. 
I'm looking forward to it. Again, I want to thank you guys very much. My listeners, thank you for tuning in this weekend, or this week, I should say, Tuesday night, every Tuesday night here on the Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. And don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. I expect to see everybody at the concourse this weekend. Don't forget uh, to shake hands with everybody when you get there. Say hi to Joanna Brando. They'll be walking around, I'm sure. They'll be glad to see you. And don't forget, if you need your car restored and you got a really cool classic car, that's what Brando does. He restores beautiful cars. I've seen some of his work. It's amazing stuff. And to be accepted at a concourse, you know the level of quality is the highest standard. So, at any rate, I want to thank all my listeners again for tuning in. Don't forget to stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.